I go by the name of Adrian Daniels, and you're now listening to the sound of Accra. Uh, this is a show where we chat with colorful creatives and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian background or with a special interest to the city, bringing you one step closer to Accra. Uh, before I introduce the guest I have today, I just want to remind you that you can get the show notes today um, for today's show by going onto thesoundofacra.com. That's thesoundofacra.com. After popular demand, we now have socials up now, so you can visit us on Instagram at the sound of Accra. Um, bear with us as we're loading more content on the page, but you can view our page right there, and we do stories as well. Okay, um, so the guest I have today um, is a digital sound creator. Uh, he's the founder of a design group called New Motives. Uh, this is certainly one of the podcasts I've been looking forward to for a very long time since we've met. Um, I do say this in a lot of podcasts, but trust me on this one, I definitely do. I did look forward to this one. Um, Jesse, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? I'm fine, Adrian. I'm good, man. I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, tell us um, tell us about um, your uh, a little bit about your new motive uh, sound design group before we get into the rest of the podcast. Okay, what cool. is it about? So, well, give us a taster. Yeah. So um, what it is with new motive is um, it's called new motive world of creativity. That's the full actual um, name of it, and essentially it's based around um, the way I saw design and being. Uh, you know, university graduate, yeah, um, studying digital design and visual effects. I realized mm-hmm. that there was this controlled pattern of what is creative and what's not creative, and um, how you're supposed to illustrate certain things and whatnot. And I just felt like the methods on how you know they were they were they were displayed to us weren't really acceptable. And you know, yeah. um, leaving uni. To having to go and try and get a job in the industry and then have to do things like running uh, for those who are yeah. not familiar with running running is basically you going to serve the directors or managers tea and coffee throughout the day and yeah. um <laughs> basically uh you know um whatever they say for you to do you do and um just other yeah. stuff like i just felt it was a bit kind of capped so um new motive represents my ideologies and how i work with the actual clients specifically and what they want for their target audience and you know, how they choose to illustrate their project or whether it's a brand they're creating, um, um, whatever they decide, you know. So it's mainly just digital creative art. And we are trying to mm-hmm. expand into animated movies, which is, I'm not going to go too much <laughs> into that, but... Um, that's fine. That's yeah. that's going to be solely based, not solely, but it's going to start off with um, old ancient African folklore Brilliant. that um, we know of um, that we haven't actually seen. So... Um, we're going to be yeah. getting some projects and that later on this year and yeah that's exciting i mean mm. you know i've grown i've grown up watching the toy stories and the bugs life and all you know all of these animated movies that we know and love from disney um mm-hmm. but at the same time i hear you know you know i've read you know nancy the spider all of these stories that i probably spoke about the first podcast but we never really get an opportunity to see those um, stories brought to life in such a professional manner and i think with your talent with your creativity um bringing these uh stories that we've grown up listening to mm-hmm. but not really visualizing not really being able to see it mm-hmm. in a visual 
visual perspective, I think that would be fantastic. Um, so I just want to say before it even comes out, just congratulations on this idea. Thank I'm you, looking forward to, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see the fruits of your labor and to see this actually manifest in real life. Um, digital sound design and creativity, it's tough. Um, you know, I've, I've been there before in, in the past studying, you know, music technology in the past in my undergraduate. Um, but I know it's, it's a very rewarding career. Um, once you, you know, make you know make the right connection yeah excellent excellent so i'm i'm sure uh jesse will uh sh- share more information when when the time comes and you know we'll have all that and uh we'll have some details in the show notes for you guys to check out yeah. okay look jesse look um i came i've seen you come across as someone that's quite clued up in uh black history um uh-huh. what is it about black history that kind of moves you um it's crazy because um even the word history is is his it's, it's basically his story his meaning whoever's decided to change that narrative and black history is very hidden for me at yeah. one point yeah so yeah you know as you know um I'm, I'm uk born but yes i'm Ghanaian. um and growing up in school going to school and learning about history it was always greek and roman culture um yeah true you know and i felt like um i mean as a kid you're only just following protocols so you don't really know but i had a weird kind of um i don't know a weird kind of epiphany i would say when i'm watching things like superman and i'm watching like heroes like superman i should say heroes like <laughs> green lantern john stewart the uh, the black green lantern and yeah. um static shock and I'm thinking, <laughs> raw, like there's actually like, you know, black superheroes and, you know, and then I started looking into some of their comics and I, I was probably about say 14. Okay. So, okay. um, as I'm looking into these comics, I'm seeing the origin stories of like, you know, static shock and, um, people like Green Lantern. I don't know if this is just comic issues or narratives that DC has just chosen to write off is actually their full original stories. But, um, yeah, just to see them coming from like neighborhoods like mine, and you know, yeah. like I think Static Shock was from New York, Brooklyn, or something like that. And um, yeah, you know, John Stewart was a uh, black American, African American pilot, and wow. um, I was just like, wow, like so this is actually based upon real characters. And then I started going into Marvel, and then obviously Black Panther, which is now one of the probably biggest black superheroes of of all time. <laughs> I was going to um, get to that. Yeah, so I don't, I, you know, not to digress too much, but it started off from just me as a young kid looking at characters and heroes and whatnot, and I said, "Nah, you know what? There must be more to this. There must be more to this history about us." So um, I started to research, you know, as I got older, um, and yeah, it started from there. I would say so. Yeah, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. And uh, before I kind of move into you know, the rest of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed your surname has it as Aqua Hayford. Has it got any affiliation with um, one of the famous families in Ghana? Yeah. So, um, from my dad's side, so Aqua Hayford is basically a double barrel surname. Hayford mm-hmm. is the Irish heritage, um, from my dad's mother's side, um, which is brew. They're from the brew family. Um, wow. Wow. And they came obviously during colonization, colonization times. But uh, from my dad's mother's side, it all dates back to uh, Dr. Casely Hayford. He's one of the founding fathers of 
Pente- I think he brought Pentecostal church to Ghana, I think, if I'm correct. Um, Dr. Yeah, Hay- something like that. Yeah, yeah Dr. Abraham Casely Hayford. That's actually my ancestor. So, um, wow. I've noticed that there's a lot of Casely Hayfords, like there's the uh, BBC um, <laughs> documentary presenter as well. Um, yeah. You've also got, uh, obviously, Kit John Casely Hayford, a uh, fashion um, designer as well. And yeah, so it, it does come with essentially anyone with Hayford in their name or Aqua Hayford um, essentially yeah. could be re- related to me. So I think there's someone, it's funny, there's someone in the um, in our YGP group. Um, yeah. I think her name is called Essie or Essie Hayford. And I said to her, yeah, you might be, <laughs> you might be related to me. And then she was like, yeah, it's my husband's um, family and whatnot. So that's who Oh, she- wow. Yeah, yeah. So anyone with Aqua Hayford <laughs> <laughs> or Hayford yeah. in their name, then it is a possibility they could be related to my dad's side of the family. Yeah, that's quite funny because I've actually got a cousin. He's got a surname hey, a- Aqua, and he's got Hayford in his name as well. So we'll, we'll probably talk about that outside the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, world. it could be a small world, man. Trust small, small world. Yeah, trust <laughs> small world. Yeah, especially when you're Ghanaian. Yeah. So <laughs> absolutely, but yeah, that's a little history lesson for you guys. Um, mm. I remember definitely um, being in Morningstar School in Cantonment in Ghana in the early 2000s and learning about a Casey Hayford man. So that's real history right there, man. So that, mm. that must be amazing. I'm going to bring it back to Black Panther, um, Jesse. I know that came out maybe two, three years ago, but when that came out, that caused up such a stir. Um, it, it really kind of, you know, got black people excited. There was mixed reviews about it, mm. uh, but a lot of positives from the black uh, from the black community. What was your take in it? Because people, I think some people overreacted to the film. I heard someone went to watch Black Panther like seven times. I mean, <laughs> that's a bit obsessed. People's... Yeah, what what's yeah, your take yeah. on it? I mean, I'm even hearing some some women, you know, they had braces and their braces cracked when Michael B. Jordan took off his top. Just something ridiculous. Uh, like, what's your take on it? Uh, all sorts, of, all sorts wow. of reaction. What's your take on it? Um, for me, you know what? I I already knew about the story of Black Panther. Um, yeah. I so for me, reading the comics and seeing his character, you know, I've always compared him to Batman of DC because um, essentially they're the they're same in terms of both rich, um, both have wealth inheritance and both are very super intellectual and smart. Um, yeah. But with Black Panther, I liked the way the movie was done in, in some parts. Um, I liked the way they included today's cultural um, you know, issues and stuff like that. And um, overall mm-hmm. it was good. The mm-hmm. only thing is that obviously it's Disney. So yeah essentially there was a lot of stuff that they as you can see sugar-coated or kind of hid so for example um <laughs> for all those black panther fans out there i, I do love um, t'challa don't get me wrong but i'm a killmonger fan <laughs> 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 you know i'm a big killmonger fan because of um simply of what he was experiencing and his whole entire fight because in the comics he's not like that he's more of the he's more on the cia side and yeah. talks about infiltrating and obviously, you know, helping um, his CIA guys and war dogs, um, such and so on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. but in the in I like the contrast in the movie and how they had obviously you know two cousins or, or you know half brothers or whatever, and yeah, and they're fighting each other and you know one is saying, look, man, you guys are sitting on all this technology and we've been suffering. I loved all that stuff, um, but overall it was good. It's just again, it's. 
it's Disney. You know, when you're when you're sitting there and you're watching all these other black cartoons that may have come up prior. Yeah. It's like Disney brings out one and everyone's like, oh my God, like, you know, so it was definitely overhyped. It was definitely, I mean, I was seeing people dressing up in, in their traditional wear. Of course, yeah. A lot of people did that. I did not conform to that. I'm one of those people that do, I do not like conforming. And I, no, I, I rocked up smart casual, mate. Like, honestly, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, yeah, trust, trust. I, I, came, I came in tracksuit. I just came in wearing my regular clothes. I didn't really... Because <laughs> essentially, that's not going to do anything for the culture. That's not going to do anything for your mindset. You know, it's so, not, yeah. Mm. It's not, yeah. I think people just just rode the wave. To be fair, of you, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. So that's uh, super black superheroes. Um, I didn't expect the podcast to go this way, but why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. Black black history in the making. Um, yeah. what are some of your real life heroes like? Uh, black black heroes or even Ghanaian heroes actually. Um. So firm, first and foremost, um, Doctor Kwame Nkrumah. Um. Yep, know, one yep, of my, yep one of my main favorites i'm actually researching some stuff in him now because um again i want to start doing these animated movies based upon our narratives and you know heroes and our own history so um i'm mm-hmm. starting to realize that you know he was very very much um he was very very much like pan-african in the sense of you know he really wasn't wasting time or playing any games in the space of nine years and um, the achievements yeah you know, that he had done, it was, it was, it was crazy. So he's definitely one of my favorite heroes, Marcus Garvey, Marcus Messiah Marcus Garvey. Garvey. Yeah. I hear about him all the time. Yeah. That's who Nkrumah learned from a lot of the stuff. It's essentially oh, when, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, Nkrumah was creating the Ghanaian flag, he put the black star there. That's, that's the black star line from Marcus Messiah Garvey's um, ship um, business or industry that he had, he had created. So, yeah, so the Black Star was to represent us because Marcus Messiah's Garvey, his vision was this, you know, create a Pan-African movement from East Africa all the way through into, you know, the Americas, throughout the Caribbean. They were even Mm going to rename the Caribbean the Far West Africa. Wow. Okay. Well, it's the West Indies, isn't it? It's called West West Indies. Indies, Yeah, it's usually called the West Indies or the Caribbean, but they were going to change that because obviously, you know, we'd have to get into that, but West Indies is India is the other side. So unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Christopher Columbus never had Google Maps. But anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) I like that. You know, what if? if? (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so he's one of my favorite heroes as well. Malcolm X. And um, to be fair, you know, there's a lot of my favorite heroes are very current between the 19th century. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like the ones obviously from the past, they're, they're heroes, but the ones I can relate to a lot more are the guys that I'm seeing now. Because again, Malcolm X, you know, Martin Luther King, Marcus Josiah Garvey, Kwame Nkrumah, yeah. you know, Heli Selassie, Patrice Lumumba, these guys were way ahead of their time. And Oh, definitely. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, man. Just you saw I'm coming from, and it's like the stuff yeah. they've built, and they were trying to build. You know, Malcolm X, after leaving the Nation of Islam, had went on his um, shahad. Um, yeah, I think it is or shahad, where they go mm-hmm. to Mecca and stuff like that. And he obviously yeah. had realized that you know the white man's not the devil because obviously I'm playing, I'm praying with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like in Egypt and Mecca, clearly it's not. So he's left that ideology, and on his way back to America, his aim was to create. 
a, uh, a, a foundation group called the NI, I think it was the NICC or ANICC or something like that. Okay. And that was composed with Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, um, Heli Selassie from Ethiopia, Patrice Lumumba, yeah. and a few other yeah. scholars in America. And then we're going to create this united African um, nation where, you know, the schooling, the economics, the actual um, study of black history, everything will be passed throughout that entire circle. So yeah, if you were American in the 50s and you wanted to go to mm-hmm. Ghana to study, you will mm-hmm. go into Ghana and, you know, you automatically get like a visa and whatnot. And, you know, you'd be welcome. Essentially, as you're seeing it now in terms of, you know, repatriation and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, those are my those are my heroes. I would say in terms of black heroes that I actually you know look up to and um, you know really really are um, aspired to learn from. I would say so. Yeah. Wow, well, that's quite powerful. I mean, Kwame Nkrumah is definitely in mind. I mean, what he achieved in such a short amount of time. You know, the Akosombo Dam. He was behind the Independence Square. Mm. You know, I think maybe um, the the where, where the president stays as well. I think Osu Castle. Um, yeah, so many projects so many projects he done and when you think about the current um, Ghanaian reign um, or the current Ghanaian presidency with the past few presidencies uh, there's nothing there's not been that much of abstract contribution that's been made it's just maybe just maybe political changes or you know changes mm. in, the, in the demographic or changes in the region now there's more Ghanaian regions than there were before but mm. there hasn't been anything of substance like Kwame Nkrumah did nothing profound you know since he passed it's like when mm. steve jobs died in apple um you know when tim cock came along there's been nothing um mind-blowing that's been done since steve jobs from apple passed away i kind of compare it to that yeah yeah it, you know it's that's a good comparison because um the link between i would say steve jobs and kwame Nkrumah is that these guys were visionaries absolutely and when you're when you're when you're someone of you know Kwame Nkrumah's mentality where in Hacho in, 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 in Accra in Ghana there's a underground there's a nuclear warhead base that you was trying to build a nuclear warhead facility for, for Ghanaians wow. to actually you know because my mom used to tell me that Koreans and Malaysians were coming to Ghana to study in the 60s wow yeah like she was telling me that yeah they used to come and study like how you would see um, Australians come over from Australia to the UK and study and whatnot. And True. then look at North Korea and Malaysia and other countries today. <laughs> mad. It's, it's mad, crazy. It? Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. So essentially, you know, uh, someone like Mugabe, I know obviously a lot of people have mixed feelings about Mugabe and stuff like that. RIP. RIP, yeah, RIP, rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a funny one, man. He, he was a funny one. He, he was, he was, but I feel for me, looking at what he did for Zimbabwe uh, initially you know it was um, learning from Nkrumah as well and also marrying a Ghanaian because you know he's he's seeing that look this is the this is where the importance is in terms of the whole Pan-African link and whatnot and um, just doing what he did with Zimbabwe I thought at the beginning was very good man I feel it was um, it should be honoured again Mm. I don't condone um, you know the crazy violence that's going on you know after that and stuff that's happening but again like, yeah. I, I do appreciate the whole pan-african um understanding of zimbabwe is taking back their land and you know because rightfully so it was it was stolen true 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 man um one this is actually a perfect segue actually mm. um now with now with mugabe i think he 
overstayed his presidency by a long, long time, and you know nobody could kick him off the throne until you literally dropped dead. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but he had like a militant kind of reign, would you say? Because compared to um, uh, JJ Rawlings, I think he had like a similar thing going on where he kind of like uh, did a coup coup d'état. Coup d'état, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, how would you comp- how would you compare these two militant t- st- militant type style presidency reigns? I mean, obviously JJ Rollins was a lot more shorter, but obviously I think both of their presidencies were a bit kind of cutthroat to cut say throat, the least. Yeah. It, you know what? What I'm going to say is probably going to get a lot of people upset, but um, hey. go for it. Go for it. What the show is for? Go for it. Um, now we need Africa needs a JJ Rollins and a uh, Mugabe in terms of the way they were ruling in the first initial stages. Reason being mm. is because um, I don't know too much about JJ Rollins. Obviously, my, my family's a mix of mainly Fanti, but um, some Shanti side as well. So I do understand. He was gunning for the Ashanti's heart, and um, a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, had to leave Ghana. And um, yeah, he was very, he was very ruthless. But yeah. I feel, in terms of their mindset, in terms of that actual energy, Africa needs that now because that's how we, that's what we're fighting. We're fighting against that same sort of energy and violent nature, and coup d'etats and corruption. I mean, True. that's actually a good point. Do you see where I'm coming from? So you need to yeah. have like, if you look at parts of um, North Korea, yeah, um, with obviously King Im Jong, you know, in, in power. I think he's like what 37 or 35 or something. It's quite young. Yeah. Um, the guy literally killed his uncle um, because his uncle obviously had you know um, disobeyed his trust or whatever. And I'm not condoning that, but I remember time, that. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite. I was like, wow, like, this guy's actually that was harsh. That was harsh, man. That was harsh, but. You know what? Look what happened. Look at how the West deal with him. Mad. Yet they may put sanctions, they may say what they're saying, but they always come to the table and sit down peacefully. Whereas with Africa now, we know it's a complete different story, especially with Ghana. Like they, the West sometimes they arrive unexpected and expect VIP treatment. That's how much we've allowed them to. Do you see where I'm coming from? Whereas if you had it's a Pan African, it's, it's, it's sad. It is. As if you had someone like JJ Rollins, who was actually, you know, if he was a Pan African, uh, uh, you know, partner or mo- or had that movement or that that mindset of like, you know what, Nkrumah did this. Let me at least carry it on. Cool. I want to bring it all into the the airways and all that kind of stuff. Fair enough. I understand that. But you know what? This is what yeah. we need to do for Ghana. The problem is, is that that tribalism mentality, which actually has destroyed Africa from the early colonization stages, has still got a presence within our politics, within our people, and within the mindset of most Africans. So he got to power and was like, rah, okay, say like, anyway, it's our time, let's rule, let's go and do this, and we're going to take everything we want. Yeah. So the younger guys in the party who are growing up now as politicians or trained TV MPs that have come to study over here and then getting mm-hmm. back to Ghana, they're like, well, if he can do that and get away, why can't I do the same thing? And then hence you're seeing the same, you know, and I'm not dissing the NDC. I know a lot of people, you know, it's different politics with Ghana. So, but as you can see, the trail with NDC is just that, hey, I'm on top now. It's my tribe. We're taking all this money. We're taking all that. Let the country starve. Then people deserve it. And then they go off. Mad. Absolutely mad. 
Yeah, I mean, it's so sad. I mean, lots of false or broken promises that, mm-hmm. you know, the more recent Ghanaian, Ghanaian presidencies have uh, introduced. And um, I, I guess, I mean, I heard I heard through the through the wire that um, Atta, Atta Mills, who was running, I mean, he was doing actually a pretty decent job. And then obviously he was killed out of, you know, greed and envy and, mm-hmm. you know, jealousy and all that stuff and yeah. it's quite sad you know maybe the same with Kwame Nkrumah that those that were actually visionaries or were actually trying to make a change they're the ones sadly that became the scapegoats because you know these people they wanted to be back in their f- their throne they wanted to rule Ghana yeah. and they wanted their money back and I heard even um who's the, who's the previous president um uh John Mahama yeah I heard he wants to come back I'm like come on listen <laughs> yeah. you've had your time man yeah, like, he's, he's, he's had well, his... they just want money yeah they just want money yeah that's he's probably he's probably haven't listen the way you said it is just the, the money that's the main thing with these I, I said this to my friend the other day yeah he's really into yeah. heavily uh, sorry I know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably gonna, <laughs> I'm getting in but I have to I have to I'm sorry not sorry you know like it's yeah. one of the ones where I get passionate because I sat there and I was chatting to my friend. He's really into politics here and in Ghana. And he was, he's a Ghanaian as well. Yeah. And he was saying that, um, he, he was saying, oh, you know, uh, we need to get this. I said, bro, let me tell you this for free. If I was in power, no president or prime minister or whatever could be in power past the age of 30. Wow. Because I've seen the same trend with a lot of African men in their 50s and 60s. Now, I'm not dissing the current president because I actually like Nana, Nana Kofuadu. I actually like him. Um, I like okay. the stuff he's done. Um, but I've learned that a man in his 60s, yeah, mm-hmm. getting into power, someone that hasn't even probably seen more than, you know, 11,000 pounds a month or hasn't even <laughs> seen wealth, gets yeah. into a seat of power where he has access to millions and millions of, you know, pounds, dollars, he has wealth, um, True. you know, certain powers to, you know, authorize certain things to be taken or sold and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. He's going to behave like a kid, like a kid inside a playhouse. He's going to act like, <laughs> right, this is my only opportunity. Let me just grab and take. So look at yeah. Mandela, you know, um, all respect him, rest in power. But yeah, him getting into prison versus him coming out, 27 years of prison, they were very smart. They said, let's age him. Let's slowly break him. So as he got out, he was, how old is he when he got out? Maybe in his 70s, I think it was. or Something something like that, yeah. yeah. Maybe 60s, 70s, yeah. What fight are you going to have in you? In your True. 70s? T- tell me right now, a 70-year-old man you can see that's on smoke right now. <laughs> 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 you can't. They're talking about sitting back. They're talking about, you know, life. They're talking about just chilling. And, and I'm not trying to say that we should disrespect our elders or not have elders and influence in politics because, again, you know, the older mind is always good to to reference from and learn from their mistakes. But mm-hmm. a younger blood needs to be in power in order to keep the momentum going in terms of, you know, not only just taking back what's ours, but all right, cool. UK, you want to do trade with us. It's going to be 65, 50, um, 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 uh, uh, 35. Or it's yeah. going to be 70, 30 or however. You guys are not going to get the majority anymore because it's our land. This is where we're from. You know, this is what we're doing. True. True. You know, so I personally feel, you know, with, with that situation there, Rollins and Mugabe, you know, it is good to have people like that if they're on the right mindset. Again, you have to be very careful in what age you're allowing people to come into politics when it comes to African politics. That's what I personally feel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, well, that was quite something. That was a good little uh, conversation on uh, history, uh, notably Ghanaian history. So I hope you guys were taking your notes because you were in history class. Uh, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, black history is is something which is always, you know, spoke highly of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next best thing after black history is, is black food. I mean, we love our black food. I heard you're vegan. Is that correct? Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Man, how many vegans that you do you know out there who are one black or two Ghanaian? How many vegans do you know? I mean, there's not a lot of vegans out there. How yeah. did you um? How did you make the transition to being a vegan? And how long ago was that? Um, I actually started. It was so funny because actually was trying to be a vegetarian from 2011. Okay. And what happened was I was doing martial arts. Actually, I just finished uni. Um. And obviously those within university know that the diet over there is at uni is completely like, I mean, it's whatever you can eat with noodles, <laughs> staggered, staggered. You know, staggered, corned beef stew, you know, the ones that are like cheap kind of little meals you can get here and there and just, yeah. so, and I was drinking a lot. I was, I would say I was smoking a lot, but I was smoking weed at times. And I just yeah. felt like I need to have, um, like I need to cleanse myself. And I just feel unfit. I don't really feel, although I was getting gym at uni, it, it just mm-hmm. wasn't resonating with me. So when I left, Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to um, my mum's house back in South and um, yeah, started working and whatnot. And um, I saw this uh, thing called the Insanity Workout um, by Sean <laughs> <P>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah that's, it's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. Trust me. So I started to do that now, but I was thinking, you know what? This ain't this ain't really enough. Like I want I want to learn a martial art because I've never trained in martial arts before. I would love to know how to you know, legally defend myself and fight in a, in a, <laughs> in a trained manner because it's not only True. about the fighting, but it's also about the mental discipline of martial arts, you know? It's so good. I did it for two years, man. I did Taekwondo for two years. It's so good. Just ah, you see, you see, there you go. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really, so I, I started that. So basically I met up with a friend who knew one guy in uh, Deptford at the time who was doing a, a black martial artist class called um, Mashufa, which basically okay. means spirit of the warrior in Swahili. Okay. And, um, yeah, the guy was, he, he was peak, man. This martial arts class is not a joke. So, um, anyway, I'm going there and, <laughs> um, you know, I'm keeping up in the lesson, but it is tough. You know, you don't speak to no one. There's no phones, no Instagram Like you take yeah. your feet off, you take your shoes off at the door. I and love yeah, that. it's proper. Like, you know, they, they burn incense there, old school. Yeah. Like it's really, it's proper. So, um, what happened was, um, mm-hmm. he, one of my friends came with me. And he's yeah. quite, he's quite on the chubby side, you know, um, so he's come now and obviously prepared to that. We only got some food to eat about say an hour before the session. So I'm saying to yeah. brother, like, you know, you can't be doing that, man. Like, you're going to be going to do training. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like, you know, I'll just, I need energy. So he's got in there now and we've yeah. done an exercise where you have to basically keep a steady sort of, um, stance, bend your knees slightly and you punch your stomach. It's basically mm-hmm. conditioning. Um, yeah. And yeah, he didn't last maybe a, a, a third of a second and he started vomiting and throwing up all over the floor. So, um, they had to oh get, my gosh. Keep, yeah, we still continued on. The trainer was like, yeah, what are you lot stopping for? Cause it's vomit. Let's continue on. You know, I was there and wow. we had to get the cleaners to come and clean it up. But after the session, he went and spoke to my friend and said, look, man, you can't come to my session after eating your horse and cow and expect to perform and keep up. Your spirit right now is tainted with all these foul, rotten foods and dead, 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 um, um, dead 
meats and whatnot. So I'm like, huh? Like, what the hell is this guy saying? Like, I said, bro. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. He goes, what don't you understand? I said, are you saying that eating meat's bad? And he was like, yeah, meat's not good for you. I was like, okay, I'm African, so I don't understand what if I'm Ghanaian. Like, meat is supposed to make you strong and it's supposed to, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like, and the chub chub bars, all of that. Like, yeah, like all of that. Like, and he's just like, no. He said, meat is dead food. If you're eating dead food, where your body is made up of, of electrolytes, you're killing your light inside your body. So I was like, right. So straight away went home when I started researching. And as I began to the sessions weekly, He'll be telling me small things here and there. And then one time I kind of challenged him on one thing. I said, look, like, you're saying meat is this and that, but at the same time, I can't really find anything where it's actually, you know, detrimental to your health kind of thing. I just see it as, yeah, it's not good in, in the long run, but it's not like it's going to give you any terminal diseases. So he goes, okay, just research what causes cancer. Wow. So when I did that, and I was just, the, the results were crazy. Like, I started to see, you know, pork, um, um, beef, um, stuff like chicken and whatnot, due to obviously it, on top of that, it being injected with hormones. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Th- these stuff they seep into your body, into your bloodstream, and eventually develops cancer cells. Now, with cancer, what many people don't realize is when you're when you're consuming a bad diet, for example, let's just say when you was 11 years old, you had a car accident, and yeah. um, you hurt one well, or hurt your knee or you hurt your your back. And it was just severe pain in your lower abdomen, but on, you know, the, 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 the backside of it. Yeah. Um, that becomes a weak spot. So now when you start eating certain foods and illnesses or sicknesses develops, cancer now goes straight into that weak spot and starts to manifest and grow and grow to let your body know that, hey, you know, what you're eating is wrong or there's wow. something inside you that's wrong. And we're going to stick in this weak spot area here so you can mm-hmm. remember do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. That's so ridiculous. That's where the the pharmaceuticals and those, you know, the medical industry. This is where they they kind of get things wrong. Now, obviously, I know we're probably going to go into that again, but I'm just that's for me. That's how I kind of started off. <laughs> yeah. You know, eating uh, well, becoming a vegan and eating clean and and stuff like that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant! Wow, that's quite a revelation there. I mean, I have heard some of the um the things about meat being a dead like a dead um it's like a it's like a dead source of energy so you really don't get any absorb any energy from it yeah yeah Yeah, i've heard about that before because i mean i used to work with someone a few years ago who um he was practically a vegan as well and like i think once a week he'll probably like not eat anything for like maybe two three days and just drink like liquids to give his body a rest and things like that yeah and he the, showed me that's like a scale that's like a scale of food energy is that correct yeah there's um the, you've got you have the alkaline chart obviously um of that's it that's acidic it. yeah acidic and alkaline food so so for me it was when i started i didn't consume any meat any cheese or any dairy and what i didn't realize was that's actually vegan i thought that was vegetarian because in my head, vegans were people that ate raw food. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I was just practicing that normally for two years and everyone's like, no, you're vegan because you don't eat dairy and egg. And I was like, okay, I didn't realize that. So, um, okay. Yeah. Realize you're just eating raw, plant-based food. So I know I I thought that that's what veganism was, just eating raw food, but it's not. Raw food is a complete different, it's still vegan, but it's a complete different dietary to 
you know, mm. being a vegan. And um, essentially, I like to call myself plant-based because, again, vegan is a recent term, which was created in the 1940s. Um, okay. And that was mainly just, just because of the actual people had a distaste for the way animals were being treated. And, you know, due to the amount of the toxins and stuff that was inside the meat, they were just saying, look, we're going to boycott meat and whatnot. So um, veganism is more actually an activist movement in terms of health and dietary and more to do with the animal rights and the actual, just I'm coming from mm-hmm. environment. Whereas yeah. a plant-based diet is not to say that you don't care about that, but it's more eating what nature has given you, you know, and um, okay. for those Christians out there in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, it says God had left the herbs and, and, and seeds and stuff to consumers, you know, their food. And, yeah. um, I know a lot of people tell me and say, if you can read the verse, it says, oh, you know, um, then you have dominion over the animals. But dominion doesn't yeah. necessarily mean keep, um, kill and eat. It just means in terms of control, because again, yeah, control. you mm-hmm. can't have a mammoth running through or, or lion, you know, or saber tooth tiger running through your <laughs> village and whatnot. And then you haven't really, you know, once there, like it was just control to let the animals understand that, okay, we're human, you know, we're animal, we're gonna, we're, we're the same one in the kind, but again, we're not. So that's you guys' field. Here's our field. We're gonna just keep that mutual respect. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a point there. Yeah, I mean, there should be freedom to eat whatever, but I mean, there are pros and cons to eating certain things as well. So mm-hmm. you do have to take that into account. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, what kind of uh, foods uh, could could we see on your plate as a vegan? Um, literally, I can still eat the same foods. Um, I just take I substitute the meat from okay. um, the dish so i will still okay. have like my my red light suits my peanut suits without the chicken or okay. the um you know the goat meat or stuff inside there and i'll replace it with maybe okra garden eggs um yeah. you have oyster mushrooms as well um and literally with see the thing with garnets yeah and most mm-hmm. garnet food it's actually cooked and prepared in a very plant-based direction if you understand what i mean True, true, true. You know, the meat is just, just, just I'm coming from. You're having your contomere uh, with yam and, you know, your gussie as well. You don't have to have, like, the fish inside it or you don't have to have, like, the crab meat or whatnot inside the okra stew. And you true. can actually just take that out and still have a good meal. You can. You actually yeah. can, yeah. You can still make it tasty as well. Yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, that's kind of, for me, I still eat the same foods, but, yeah, more organic. I definitely, for breakfast now, I would eat a lot more whole fruits. So I love, I love exotic mm. fruits. If you follow me on Instagram, um, you will probably see some of my videos where and um, pictures where I've put up fruits or made smoothies, um, things like dragon fruit, star fruit, um, you know, uh, Moroccan watermelon. Uh, what was your mango steam? Um, wow. Papaya as well. Uh, yeah. What are some of the other ones? I've had that chapote. Yeah. I've had so much different kind of um, 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 fruits and stuff like that as well. So yeah, I love exotic fruits brilliant i mean that sounds that sounds all exciting uh shout out to ralph smart from infinite waters you know the resident <laughs> vegan on youtube yes yes <laughs> i still need to tune yeah. into him more but yes i've seen him i've seen him yeah yeah i do follow a lot of his content um i mean i, I listen to most of his stuff but i don't you know um 
consider some stuff he says, but most stuff he says um, is really, really good. But he always promotes every episode he does. Um, he always promotes a vegan lifestyle. And um, he gives a lot of tips and a lot of motivational um, you know, thoughts and stuff, but he's really, really good guy. But one thing that you just said that reminds me about him is that, you know, he always, like, one of his phrases is like, um, you know, putting a whole bunch of, waking up with a whole bunch of grapes in my mouth and things like that. So yeah, he really is a, <laughs> he's a habit supporter of the vegan lifestyle, man. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed, uh, but just following him, I kind of noticed the difference between you saying that you, you, you would call yourself more plant-based, a dietitian rather than a vegan, because I think with vegans, they do kind of obviously, it's more of a it's more of a community thing so they, they look mm. out for the the animals and you know they support certain rights and things like that whereas if you you're just minding your own just just eating plant-based diet and that's it yeah essentially and i'm not really trying to i mean don't get me wrong i agree with some of the animal rights stuff that's going on with vegans but they have been i mean i've been attacked by vegans myself um <laughs> really <laughs> yeah they're, they're like there's some weird not all of them obviously but you know some yeah. of them you come across they're very much like you know judgmental when one lady was saying to me because i'm wearing a cotton t-shirt that i am basically i can't call myself vegan and you know i'm not setting a good example and whatnot so i said you're wearing a cotton t-shirt as well she goes yeah but she's conscious of it i just said yeah you know what i can't speak your language (laughs) keep moving and you know you know once they're like i'm gonna go and speak to someone serious oh come on yeah that's that's the stupidity so um, some of them are cool um but for me it's more about plant-based lifestyle you know your energy your spirituality with it because there's a lot that links your diet with spirituality and nature mm. and um, mm. just your 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 mindset you know because it's, it's very very important you know it's wow. like a clean body and um and stuff like that so yeah awesome yeah so uh for all the Ghanaians out there uh you better stop sub- better start substituting the uh the cowfoots and the the goat meat and uh, <laughs> the their chicken with more vegan alternatives and i'm sure uh you know jesse you know can make some recommendations all right yeah. um okay i know earlier on in the podcast jesse you touched upon uh kwame krumah building nuclear um okay, yeah some kind of nuclear base yeah. in nuclear base yeah, there, yeah. Mm. yeah in in, in hatcho did you also mention that you um i think I, I think you told me that you also you got some building projects in hatcho as well yes yeah. yeah i've got um, i'm building a um um some flats and stuff um in the hatcho area um so, okay yeah so yeah that's that's what i'm doing at the moment currently okay yeah. and for those that don't know hatcho i believe is is, is, is i think it's an outskirts it's in the outskirts of a cry isn't it Tema? It's, it's more it's near um so no just on the way to um lagon university i think it is that near east lagon yeah. yeah just after yeah. just sort of after that region there okay yeah, okay so it's a nice area very um very uh you know road, the roads are paved there's a lot of greenery um yeah there is nice, yeah it's, it's quite mm. nice there mm. um, and how did this project come about um, building the block of flats um for me essentially me and my brother and my sister came together we just said you know what like we've been meaning to do this for a long time and um you know as a kid getting to ghana i was always seeing my mum in that struggle you know when it came to building stuff and whatnot because of obviously the methods and the way they're doing things and um also the ghanaian people as well so um <laughs> uh which i advise if people are going to do that you know always seek um like help from you know construction companies or project manager consider getting a project manager as well involved and whatnot yeah so um yeah, yeah i've just started said i just said to myself you know what my aim is to move back to ghana you know within the next five to ten years um yeah 
So I'm looking at ways and how I can build and create money or streams of income over there. Um, yeah. Where so when I do go back, um, I'm not actually struggling, but in a sense, I've actually got capital there to continue on, you know, building and, and creating and whatnot. Because absolutely, yeah, I've had a lot of people because a lot of people said to me, "Why don't you just go now? You can easily get a job in your field, or you can easily." But sure. essentially, I don't see the point of my parents came coming over here, sacrificing what they sacrificed for me to get the opportunity to work here and yeah. to go back to Ghana to work again. <laughs> it doesn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd rather just build the True. capital over there, go back there and help invest in the actual countries, infrastructure, communities as well, and actually be more of a better help than just coming to live a regular, do you see I'm coming from? Like, that's just my opinion, my opinion. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way of seeing it. You've seen the bigger picture, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and you don't want what your what your family or your forerunners, your parents, etc., did to be like in vain. You yeah, maximize yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Okay, and talking about the uh, moving back to Ghana, I know there was a lot of people that came back to Ghana in you know last year and you know towards the early part of this year mm. with the whole year of the return <laughs> campaign. Yeah, yeah. Campaign, yeah. I think it's only right we just touch up, we just um, touch base on on that topic a little bit. What was your thoughts? What was your thoughts upon it? Was it good? Was it bad? Um. Way, <laughs> just a I, very quick one. Just a very, very, yeah, quick, very quick one. one yeah, it, it can take a whole episode, as you know. On, it, on yeah, it can. Um, overall, I wasn't there. Um, I wish I was, but from what I saw, what from what I saw online, um, from the, it was good in terms of the actual African Americans coming back and just you know realizing that Ghana is a country. It's not a part, a place in you know Marvel or Wakanda. It's not a fictional city. It's real. <laughs> you know, there is life there. There is people there that have mobile phones and cars and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because a lot of, I know it's, I know it sounds crazy what I'm saying, especially from like UK people, but um, you speak to a lot of Americans, unfortunately they're not educated in some of these things. So um, it was good for that. Good for the country in terms of investment and whatnot. Hopefully the money that has been made goes back into the community projects and the actual yes. people itself. Um, yes. And essentially I saw both sides, Ghanaians, and you know uh, um, Americans, people from the UK, and there was a lot of people going back there just to turn up and party, which is expected. And, um, <laughs> just cool. I mean, turn up and party, enjoy the country as long as you're you're aware of you know that you're in Ghana. This is the country. These are the this is the culture. You know, there's not yeah. just Accra. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, there's Kumasi. The Shanti region is actually one of the pla- I think one of the best places that people should visit. I haven't even gone there yet, but all the stuff that I've yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. and heard about it you know and that holds a lot of uh the country's uh, uh foundation in terms of um you know it, it being structured and even just places like tamale in the north um yeah you know the Bolta region cape coast takradi you know if you don't if you want to know more about that sort of stuff i would inspire people to follow what on youtube he's very very good in, in, in displaying cities and places in africa especially gone as well so um yeah it was good overall it was good it was it's controversial in terms of the aftermath and where is what it was for and where it's all going. But yeah, there was a lot of people that landed not realizing that, you know, Hey, it is the year of return. This is just for Afro nation and Afro cello. This is like, you know, come and see your history and your culture. I feel like there was only a few yeah. people doing that. 
So um, true, so, true, very, very true. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it clashed? Do you think I think Afro Nation, Afro Cheddar clashed with um, the opportunity for people to actually return and actually see what their culture and their roots and Ghana is all about. Yeah, definitely, man. It definitely clashed. I feel like they should have. You know, when you're doing these parties and stuff, I understand December is busy, it's peak time and whatnot, but I mm-hmm. believe they should work with the local tourism boards and communicate in terms of ways they can actually introduce Ghana to people. So, for example, have the parties maybe coming more towards the end of December, or maybe even January, but prior to that, you know, at the parties, advertise on their websites that hey you know there is if you want to do travelism tourism to like you know cape coast or you know all these other places and whatnot you know visit these people each and every medium that's involved yeah. in entertainment should share information and display it in a united form because what you don't want to happen is the high, the whole greece and uh spanish islands complex so the whole ib and malaga and whatnot and yeah. people just literally flying there to party so forget about the Spanish history, forget about the Spanish culture and whatnot. You know, all those results are solely for tourists and they don't even, you know, have, Sp- they have probably have Spanish workers there and whatnot, but essentially yeah. you wouldn't feel like you're in Spain. You, you feel me? Know. You feel like you're in, you know, England with a bit of sun and beach. So it's like, <laughs> they need to really communicate that because Ghana will become that, especially Accra. Yeah. It will become that place if they're not it careful. Will become that. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah, and sometimes just over overcrowded for that. Mm, yeah, it, it, the boy, at, <laughs> that's that's enough. That's for that, yeah, that infrastructure. Yeah, yes, it's, it's really crazy. Okay, thank you for that, Jesse. Mm. And 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 finally, what what um, what are your predictions for beyond the return? Where do you see Ghana moving in the next uh, five to ten years? You know, during the period that you actually want to move in and settle, where do you see the country going, based on what's happened recently in the past? Um, well, I see, I see a lot of progress. I see two sides. I can see, I can predict a lot of crazy stuff happening because of the way the political parties are trying to sort of bring down the current president's, you know, regime and the current presidents. Um, I know there was like these, um, coup of, uh, failed coup plots that were happening last year and they had arrested some people that were trying, you know, it was all quite... I was quite sad to see that come back, guys. Like, seriously, yeah. like, you can't just let one man live. You know, I was there for him, like, they just have to. But there was a, <laughs> a lot of that stuff going on. But again, on the positive side, I could see it being very, very uh, wealthy. I could see it really? becoming a, yeah, like, because, I mean, even today I was on Ghana Web and I was looking at um, their basically, you know, Terminal 3 at the Kotoka International Airport. And they yeah. were saying that they're basically building 10 new airports what yeah so um if you if you check on Ghana web literally just go to like the business side or the news side and yeah. um they basically they got proposed studies for takradi airport upper east yeah. airport um okay. development of airstrips and helipads at molly at yende at uh keti i think keti krachi or krachi or takwa Abwasi, kofri adwa yeah. and western central um and kb so all these places they're trying to build a, you know, an air force, um, force infrastructure. Yeah. And, um, which is good because, you know, Ghana is not just a crowd as other cities. It'll be very easy for, you Thank know, you. businesses and people to do trade and all that stuff. True. If they had airports in all these other very, areas. Very so, true. 
but yeah, but I, I see it as promising, and I see mm. it as for my message would be anyone who's here in the UK that's got a name that wants mm-hmm. quality of life, yeah, you're sleeping right now if you haven't gone back <laughs> to invest or do anything, True. you know, even if you're starting something small like a car wash, like something well, or even a phone shop, or you want to just get it, like be there, get go there, you know, there's a trade mission, um, mm-hmm. by GH Londoners. Mm-hmm. Um, who I went to the event about a month ago and it's starting actually this week, I think the seventh, um, for eight days. And we're on oh, point properties eight days, yeah. So they're gonna go <laughs> they're gonna go to Ghana. Yeah. You know, they're gonna stay there, they've got packages and whatnot, and with mm-hmm. GH Londoners and, and a few other companies as well, including on point property management who are very good in terms <laughs> of the information and selling and buying properties in Ghana. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, it's basically an eight day tour of Ghana. You get to see how to live over there, you know, how to get your visa, your passport, how to build a business. Um, you know, we have a chamber of commerce in Ghana as well. What are the Absolutely. rules with buying and selling property? You know, the taxes, the actual private school institutions, you know, everything mm-hmm. you would need to actually live or move to Ghana or, you know, want to actually build or, or create It's literally going to be there. Now, the people that they're going with, they did talking in the uh, in South Kensington yeah. about a month ago. I think it was in the Holiday Inn, and um, okay. there were some real stories. I think there's even some of them. There was a girl in the group um, that sold share, but I can't remember her name again, man. Grace <laughs> or is it Ra- is it Grace Rachel or? There's Cup- loads of them. There's so loads many. There's so many of them. Yeah. Yeah, but she was really what she was saying was really good. Like, and I, I you know what I like about those events. They don't sugarcoat, especially GH Londoners. You know, shout out to um, yeah. Ajawa. Ajawa is very, very brilliant in introducing, um, you know, these people that have actually uh, really lived life in Ghana. They don't hide or sugarcoat mm. anything. They'll tell you, hey, it took me three, four <laughs> times to build yeah. a small school and I was robbed. I was this, I was that. They cast me, but hey, I've done it and it's possible and this is how you can do it too. Wow. So yeah. I see Ghana as a promising future and yeah, don't sleep on it. Excellent excellent wow um that was quite something i usually uh would get people will usually would get guests on the show to uh give their pointers about ghana towards the end but i think you've you've mentioned that already so i want to ask you again to do that so thanks <laughs> yeah that's cool man <laughs> yeah uh jesse thanks for being on the show um it's oh. been fantastic uh just speaking on accra um what does accra sound to you um when men- someone mentions accra what what, what comes to mind um, Accra for me is um, a new future for black people. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I personally believe. A new future for black people who have who felt out of place being in Britain or America, and they yeah. actually want to survive and live in a place where they're welcomed for one as to who they are and not discriminated, and yeah. two where there's opportunities for them to actually grow because yeah. you know essentially. I know everyone has different ideas of growing, but we can all admit that it's not pleasant being in the current situations you are in now. You know, we think life is paying council tax and bills and, you know, uh, 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 you know, tax here and there and all these other crazy stuff. But essentially, <laughs> overseas, you can live a better lifestyle, healthier lifestyle with less hassle. That's you know? it. That's it. Promote the vegan lifestyle. <laughs> exactly that as well. Exactly that. So, yeah. So, Accra for me, is you know definitely um i see opportunity and i just see a safer place or better place for you know africans 
blacks um, you know across the world to actually live and thrive in brilliant I couldn't have said it better myself uh, thank you Jesse uh, did you have any announcements that you wanted to make did you have a message you wanted to send out to the world before we wrap this up um, yeah personally I would just say um, I mean I, I'm always as Adrian knows already I'm always into <laughs> these conversations I love talking about um, you know economics I love talking about black history um, I I wouldn't say I'm a conspiracy theorist but I, I accept all conspiracies as long as you've got evidence to back it we can have that talk, but essentially, um, I, I'm for the betterment of well-beings of, of, of people. You know, um, yeah. mainly Africans, but obviously of all races. I, I'm not, I'm not discriminating against other races at all. So I'll just say, just think about what you're doing right now in life, and feel, you know, have a have a reflection, and feel like if you're not happy in something you're doing right now, try and actually go in there and chase your dreams. There's a lot of opportunities right mm-hmm. now for people to, you know, develop. And yeah. if it's hard. It means you're doing something good because without hard work, without sweat, blood and tears, you know, you wouldn't even be in this world. You know, all of us came through our mother's wombs and that mm-hmm. wasn't easy. It was a hard process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the blessing from that is you and, you know, have self-love, practice that and, you know, try and achieve what you want to achieve. Don't just sit there and downplay yourself, you know. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So, um, if you want to follow me, I don't know if I could mention my Instagram and, and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. I was just about to say, how can people connect with <laughs> you? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool, man. Um, so my personal Instagram is Jess underscore A underscore Hayford. Um, mm-hmm. my business Instagram, which is New Motive, so it's at New Motive W for whiskey, Oscar, and Charlie. So W O C New Motive W O C. And yeah, um, my website is also newmotivewc.co.uk or .com. Okay. Um, I have got some updates I want to do on the site. But yeah, so those that want to network and connect with me, follow me online, message me anytime, DM me. I'm not bougie. I listen, to, I read my DMs as long as you're not a robot. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, so um, yeah, hit me up. Of course, they will hit you up, Jesse. Uh, thank you again uh, for the last time. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have everything on the show notes. So, listeners, you can go into the sound of to get all the show notes from today's show and the key references and how you can follow Jesse and keep up with his journey. Thank you for being on the show, Jesse. You've been a great sport. No worries, Adrian. Um, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And yeah, um, great. We'll catch up soon. Great. Peace. Cool. Bless you. Bye, guys. Bye. So that was the intelligent and creative Jesse Aqua Hayford. I almost forgot his name there. Um, and he honestly brought some real good content to the show. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, many more episodes to come. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Um, please do check out the previous episodes. Um, please visit thesoundofacrowd.com for the show notes and for much more if you want to email us there's more information on there you can drop us an email at info at the sound of a crowd if you want to email us or you can drop us a dm at instagram at the sound of a crowd if you're interested in joining the show get in touch and we can see what we can do if you're listening to this on Ghanaian independence day we want to wish you a happy independent day to my Ghanaians out there and uh yeah let's keep moving Accra forward let's keep moving Ghana forward and uh 
let's keep doing what we're doing and this is why what i do because we want to move ghana forward i want to move ghana forward and i hope you guys are enjoying the ride and you'll be inspired by each episode that we do release and until next time that's all from me agent daniels and uh take care god bless peace